Hey guys, welcome to the Last Set Podcast. Um, let's get into a lot of fight news this week. A um, lot's gone down. A lot has gone down. The week that we took off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we took a week off just, just because um, there, there wasn't any fights on over the Easter sun, Sunday. Well, yeah. Or it would be Saturday for you guys. And, uh, and then, you know, Holland and Vittoria had their fight. But I'm glad we actually postponed it another day to record because... Interesting bit of news came out with McGregor and Poirier. A little bit of discrepancy on whether or not McGregor is going to actually, you know, their, their fight was in January, right? And they're, and it's now in April. And Poirier is going, hey, you guys didn't send us the money. It's been like three months now. What's going on? So uh, the McGregor was meant to send to Poirier's foundation. What was it? How much? What was the amount? 500K. F- 500K. Well, there you go. And... McGregor saying, oh, we're not in debt to you as a donation. I'm still waiting to hear back from the plans for the money. And then Poirier's like, oh, well, you ducked me. And now McGregor, I mean, highlight. I've been screenshotting the tweets, but he just put this one out he, today. He said, oh, the fight's off, I'll fight yeah. someone else. And then Kevin Lee put his hand up and he was like, yeah, I'll, I'll fight you. Let me squeeze in Dana White. Yeah, then Rafael DeSantis, like, r- r- red panty night. And then Michael Chan is like, oh, I'll be ready by then. Let's set it up. But... McGregor said, my team does their due diligence to make sure every donation meets the mark. Mm. My generosity is known. You will pay with your brain for this attempt at smearing my name, shooting ass, shelling ass, bitch. Little bitch kicks from a shell. Good luck. Little bitch kicks from a shell. Yeah. And then he said, the fight's off. Good luck on your old contract, kid. Yeah, essentially, McGregor knows how how much money he can he can make from this like to be honest i know he's gonna say like the fight's off i really don't think the fight's off i think this is just kind of this is old connor coming back and then right and rightfully so right when i first had a look at it i was on dustin poirier's side right because i was just like it's been three months why wouldn't he get the, the, the money now and then i thought about it a little bit more i'm com- i'm on mcgregor's side because because Everyone's making the the situation very similar to Habib. Habib never gave his own money. Habib raffled off the shirts, wrote a check, and gave it to Poirier. But it was never his own money. It was other people's money, okay. right? Now, Ooh. this is McGregor's own money yeah. through his own company, right? A company has shareholders. Sorry, not share, shareholders, stockholders. And uh, has executives and staff. A payment that's not because it used because Habib's was about I think a hundred two hundred k, McGregor's is five hundred grand, right? Mm-hmm. Rightfully so, he should be told exactly where it's going to go. Anytime you're getting sponsored or anything like that, um, they you are supposed to actually say, all right, if you're giving me ten twenty grand, this is what is especially if you're an athlete, this is what it's going towards. It's going to so and so like they're sponsoring gym equipment. Yeah, we are purchasing three racks. We are purchasing uh, four sets of dumbbells. We are setting um, two Smith machines. You have a list of all the things that you're saying, hey, thank you so much for your donation. This is what we're spending on. Thank you. Can we accept the donation? Yeah, I'll send it to you now. That's exactly what happens, right? McGregor wants... He, he, the reason why he said that was, sadly, with a lot of foundations is you send the money, you never know where it goes. And it walks. And just, like, and just like a lot of foundations... And that's what he said, it walks. Yeah. There's a lot of foundations, right? 
you'll send you'll send a lot of money, right? You'll never find out where it goes, right? Which is not which is not the way it's supposed to be. If you're doing it for the right reasons, which I'm sure McGregor is, you want to know that the money is going the right place, and you can go, great, my 500k went to building this. Yeah, correct. Because the funny that you put that up as well, because it just reminded me of last year when we had the bush. Remember when we had the bushfires, and everybody sent all this money to the Red Cross. And then there was that come out that a lot of the money actually wasn't going to the families at all. It's the way it goes. It's the way it goes. Yeah. These foundations can be... It's not just like... Sometimes there is corruption. We've known all about a lot of foundations where it, ne- it never goes to the people it's supposed to, which is really sad, right? Mm-hmm. When there's a middleman, sometimes there's an issue when the, the, the foundation is, is the middleman. Whoever's there, you know, humans are humans. They can be greedy. They can be envious. They can do these things like that and take the money for themselves or spend it in areas which... It is their money. Just because they've given it to you doesn't mean that you know you can do whatever want you want with the money. It's my foundation, right? You have to tell them. There's you have a responsibility. If you're receiving free money, right? You should tell them yeah. this is what it's going to be spent on, and that's what McGregor is saying. He says, and even his manager uh, Adi Attar, he went and said, "I don't know why you're fronting. We went out for dinner and things like that. We had a nice conversation. We simply want to know." And we've been waiting on the plans for it, for them to be drafted, right? Because obviously there's a lot of paperwork involved. The plans, what is going to happen, you know? And, and I, to be honest, at first I was thinking, Poirier's right. It's been three months. Three months is tons. You know, McGregor's a, a, a wealthy man, right? But wealthy or not, 500K is a lot of money to anyone, right? Even to someone like Floyd Mayweather. 500K is a lot. You want to know where your money's going, yeah. right? And I think rightfully so. All they were doing was just innocently waiting. Maybe Poirier is just writing up the plans. We don't See, the, again, all speculation. That's Poirier funny. says they've sent out like three emails and had no reply, right? But whether or not that's true or not, we don't know. There's no actual proof. Yeah. That's, the, that's the tough thing. It's hard to be on McGregor's side when you don't quite under, understand. But you can understand e- each other's points, right? Yeah. But it's, again, still speculation. It'd be funny if McGregor just takes the screenshots of the emails and puts them out just like he did oh, the, okay. the screenshots for the tweets. Cause well, what I was reading was, you know how the idea that Khabib and Connor was sold completely on the idea of beef alone? Yeah, yeah. If this sparks up a little bit of beef, then this is going to jump up the rematch. This is going to jump up the trilogy in terms of ratings. Yeah, and I'm sure Dana is going to be like, fuck yeah, let's yeah, go for bank it. On it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Countdown. Where are the hashtag release the emails? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean... All this is going to do is just add fire to the McGregor trilogy. I don't, I don't, just because he was just like, oh, it's off, right? Again, McGregor has a lot of power. He's the biggest name. He could go at any division. He'd be in fucking heavyweight for fuck's sake. And, yeah. and, and, and people would still pay an uh, enormous amount of money to watch him, right? He's the biggest name. And he knows his worth, right? He knows how much money he's made for the company, right? So when Poirier was being a dickhead, you know, I honestly think he was being a dickhead, right? Because this shouldn't have been out on tweets, no. right? And I get no. you're upset and I get it, you're doing it for the right reasons. It's supposed to go towards children. But, you know, all right, let's say those three emails, emails are correct. They're, they're, you know, they are reality and they've sent three emails out. Maybe they didn't agree with the emails. doesn't matter. They didn't reply, right? It's not right for you just to go on Twitter. It's not that professional yeah. to go on Twitter and just be like, yeah, you also projected to give me a donation. Still waiting on it. 
Especially coming from Poré as well. He's not the kind of guy who does that on Twitter. Perhaps because he got the he got the knockout win over Port, uh, over McGregor. It's a little bit different now. Mm-hmm. Feels he's got a little bit more. I don't know. But, but but I honestly I think you would agree too. It was the wrong way to uh, go about it. I yeah. think I think if you if emails aren't working, you call them. You get other parties involved or legal parties involved. Whatever, right? That's fine. But to do it out on Twitter, like oh yeah, oh thanks Poirier for calling me out. I'll go send you your money now. It yeah. makes it would also make McGregor look like a huge bitch yeah. as well. If he was if he was just like okay Poirier, I'll go get the money now. He's gonna go fuck you Poirier. See you later. I'll yeah. go get someone else. I'll go make a huge amount of money with someone else. Go back to your old contract. Yeah. That that's what happens. They're in a very sticky situation where McGregor's got a lot of power and. Poirier's airing out dirty laundry that probably the world probably shouldn't be seeing right now or hearing about. I don't know. It's very interesting. But um, firstly, on Poirier's side, now I'm on McGregor's. And uh, it's interesting. to The next couple of days, we'll get a little bit more clarity. But uh, after this, after you, after you chase up money of 500K for charity for children on Twitter and saying and smearing, he's essentially smearing someone's yeah, name, right? Honestly, it doesn't help. It doesn't make the payment go any quicker. Yeah, no. <laughs> they're probably going to delay it now. As if they're going to delay it, they'll be like, all right, we'll take a little bit more time. Or I'll give my 500K to some other charity. Fuck your charity. Yeah, fuck your charity. Anyway, so now Venom is officially this UFC sponsor. Yeah, and um, uh, I like the stuff. Oh, my God. I, lo- I saw the video that they put up, and then I got to so- see the uh, fight where firsthand on a Saturday, and I was like, I like it. I like it better. I mean, Venom, uh, the thing that I wanted to tell you about, do you remember back in the early days of the UFC when a fighter could, like, promote their own, like, their businesses or mm. their friends' businesses on their own sponsors, and then back when they were fighting, they would have that little banner that they would hang over their corner. And have I'm not that, allowed that anymore. You know, because they, they don't, and then they, when Reebok came in, they got rid of all that, you know? Well, some old... Um, some old like MMA pro MMA shows yeah. in like Canada and America, you weren't allowed to put it on your shorts, but they didn't have any legislation to have it painted on yourself. So if you look back in old fights with GSP, GSP actually has sponsors painted on his back. Really? Yeah, while he's fighting. Yeah. So and then later on in the UFC, they they you know they allow sponsors. Um, and you remember they have all kinds. Of, you know they're sponsored by Muscle Farm. They're sponsored by oh, yeah. tons of different companies, right? And then Reebok came in and said, "Look, that's not possible. We're not going to do that." And essentially, it killed the competition. It, 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 it cut it. Yeah, it cut the competition in half for sure, but it also cut their pay severely because a lot of people were making more money from their sponsors than their actual fights, exactly. right? And by yeah, having those banners and the, the on their shorts, it, it, it was good for business. It was good for them. Yeah, not even that, but it was good for the big names too because obviously the bigger you are, the more hype you get and the more sponsors you have. Like one point, John Jones was sponsored by Nike. Yeah, and then you lost it. Yeah, and you lost it. Yeah. <laughs> you lost it. Yeah, you lost it, but... That I think it was uh, I respected the idea that they could have like some small businesses. Like if your friend's got a business, you know, and he's looking for sponsors, and you know, if he rocked up on X's shorts and X's shorts in front of hundreds of thousands of people, and then he does like something on Instagram saying he endorses the company. Hey, this mm. is my mate's company. I'm proud of him. He does this. What he does is legit. That's big for business. That will jack it up. But I don't know if Venom's ever going to let them bring back because Venom used to be one of the sponsors on those shorts. 
Yeah, used to be one of the sponsors of the UFC, but now they are the official main sponsor of the UFC, which means, look, uh, it's a tough, it's a tough, it's it's a tough issue because the thing is, and the sponsors are a funny issue, right? Because if you always see if you always see Israel Adesanya at the press conferences, you'll notice if he sits down, he sees a monster can, he'll pick the monster can and he'll put it underneath the table, right? Because not sponsored by Monster. He doesn't. <laughs> right, and there's always the issue with Hans Hollenkamp, which is uh, the issue with you know him with Dominic Cruz, how he was pressuring people. Uh, you have to build up my social media, otherwise, fuck your payments. You're not getting your sponsorship payments, right? And it kind of coerced fighters into getting their payments by giving this guy social gratitude and, and media, right? And a lot of fighters have taken issue with that. If you know, they've got the monster cam right next to them at the press conference, right? And they're speaking. It's free publicity with their name attached to it for Monster. But not, they're not actually branded with the, with Monster, right? So they'll move the can away. I mean, Monster's one of the biggest sponsors in the UFC, though. Like, they're, they're right in the middle of the fucking canvas. Like. Yeah, yeah. And, you, and the UFC is sponsored by Proper 12. Proper 12 yeah. doesn't sponsor the fighters. We've got Modelo. Doesn't sponsor Brew it. for the fighting spirit. Brew for the fighting spirit. Um... <laughs> I just uh, I always P3, think of John Anik with that protein snack, and there's trifecta, right? But the <laughs> the only the only way trifecta and things like that come through is like maybe in fight week they'll give the fighters um, food. And apparently, it tastes like shit. Apparently, <laughs> but, but don't know. I'm only going off what uh, I think it was Kevin Holland. What he said, he said it tastes like shit. <laughs> but um, who knows? <laughs> Kevin Holland's Kevin, a, <laughs> Kevin Holland's not always the best source of information. Right? <laughs> he could just be talking shit, but. Um, it's it's an issue now because now there's a sole main sponsor now moving from Reebok to Venom again. It, it, it's still, I don't think fighters will ever be able to make that kind of money that they used to back in the days prior to Reebok. And it is a shame. Um, the only thing I see, well, there's a couple of things I see good out of the v- Venom sponsor is I like their stuff way more than Reebok, right? I thought Reebok made yeah. good stuff, yeah. right? But Venom is a combat sports Yes, brand right and that's what makes it a way better you know like engage all these different companies they're solely on fightwear and they that, that's their niche and they're very good at it right reebok moves around sponsors all kind of stuff yeah. crossfit everything this is their niche kind of sponsor and i think that's good another thing is the amount of money that they make for the, fi- the the fighter makes by being sponsored by um venom is their pay goes up a little bit yeah it goes up I don't know how much. I think it's as much as maybe 5,000 USD. Yeah. Right. A well, little bit of difference. Not dramatic. Not too much. But one thing they have done, they haven't fucked up the names of any of the fighters. No. Because good. that was like a, when, when Reebok came in, they fucked up all the names. Like they fucked, the, they fucked a few people. I mean, that that's the worst way to piss off a fighter. If yeah. you get their name wrong. Well, some of the, well, well, well just to play devil's advocate, some fighters, I'm not saying insulting them, but their names are quite hard to pronounce and quite hard to... Um, po- Polish and Russian names. Yeah, like Joanna Jacek. That, that took that a one, couple of practices that, again. That, uh, that one's not the hard one. The other Polish name is um, the guy that fought Modestus Bukalkis, um, and it was um, uh, Mikhail Alexei Jacek. There you go. The, the Jacek's... Well done. It's it, Alexei Jacek. It's 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 brutal, right? And then We're getting better at then pronouncing. Yeah, yeah, but then there's the Russian ones like uh, uh, Markachev, um, and Nurmagomedov, um, things like that. Yeah. But they do take a couple of seconds to get right, and if they've typed that on and it 
that comes up on their mm. their work uniforms, that's a good way to piss off yeah, a, fighter. A, a fighter because they'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, all right. Mm. I'm representing you. You can't even spell my name. Well, the thing is, imagine if they did McGregor, but they did it the the Scottish oh. way, MacGregor. Oh. Imagine if they spelt it with a Mac. McGregor would, would burn it. All yeah. right, and let's be real, he would burn it, and he would, and if he burnt it, then the their sales would plummet, right? Someone with a big name like yeah. Connor. So, um, as long as it seems like they've learned some mistakes uh, from Reebok, and they've they've made a niche fight wear that's very, it, it's it's very sleek, mm-hmm. and it all works really well. I I like it. I like Venom, and I I think I think most of the, most of the fighters enjoy it, but. Fighters will say whatever. Whoever pays the bills, they'll say, yeah, it's way better than Reebok. Yeah. And then if Reebok comes in afterwards, they'll be like, oh, fuck, it's way better than Venom. Mm-hmm. So um, I honestly, from first glance, we haven't seen it in person, but at first glance, I like it a lot more. Oh, it looks so much more professional and sleek. Yeah. I, th- I think, And I think it's cool that Venom is sponsoring the UFC again. Um, Sponsored us at podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, um, I do want to. I know we never got to speak about it because I wanted to talk about it last week. Is um, Endeavor has bought out the other subsidiaries of the UFC. So all those private, um, like the private stockholders that had little pieces of the UFC. Endeavor originally had about 51%, you know, when they bought over the UFC, I think $4.2 billion or whatever it was. They've actually bought all the other areas. So now they have 100%, they have a controlling interest. And the owners of Endeavor have actually said, hey, um, and they're like, a, they're like a marketing and talent agency, right? They have said, actually, we're thinking of going public, which means it will be a registered stock. Okay. And things like that. And it'll be interesting to see it going public because Dana has always said the UFC should stay private. It shouldn't go public. Mm. It's the worst thing for the UFC. Don't do that, right? And it is a give and take with Dana because he's continued, even though he's made his money and he's continued to be the forefront, the the president of the UFC. Two questions. If the UFC, do you do think the UFC will go, uh, actually no, three questions, sorry. Uh, Do you think the UFC will go public? like Endeavor wants? Do you think Dana will stick around if it goes public? And three, would you buy stock in the UFC? And I think the third one's a yes, but let's go. Yeah, obviously, yes. Yeah, I want yeah. some stock in that, my favourite thing, which we built this podcast on. Um, do I think it will go public? I actually have a counter question. So what are the negatives of, it, of the company going public? Uh, it it would just outside influence and he doesn't want outside influence? I, I think he doesn't want outside influence and yeah. controlling interest because a lot of people could go straight in and just purchase a decent amount of stock in it and then they can have controlling interest and it can sway it a different way and make it difficult for... The best thing about the UFC is the freeness of the UFC as well as the freedom of speech as well. For the fighters, Dana always sticks behind the fighters and says, yeah. look, yeah, he said it. What are you going to do? He spoke. Spoke words. Now, um, public could make that a little bit different how there could be controlling interests that say, hey, you can't say that. You can't do this. We're not going to fight there. Whereas Dana's very free with, yeah, we'll go to China. Yeah, we'll go to Russia. We'll go to Africa. We'll do all these things in good time. Whereas if there's public, there's a lot more questions on what they can and cannot do and what the fighters can say and can do. So it's a bit funny. I don't know. 
Uh, well, if that's the case, and I'm not really too sure the company will want to go public though because of Dan doesn't want outside control because he's done. Oh, especially I understand where he's coming from. He led them through a freaking pandemic. It was the only sport that managed to keep going during the pandemic, and he's put on some phenomenal cars. We're already in April, we've seen so many of our, st- our favorite stars compete. We've got sh- shitloads of great cars left to go. I think he just wants it to run smoothly. I feel like. For him, Dana White's like, let's put it this way. You're a fan of Star Trek? No. No, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the UFC is like the no. USS Enterprise. And Dana White's Captain Kirk, okay? He's driving that spaceship and it's a spaceship and it's going at light speed. Can he be it's flying it because it's a spaceship? Yeah. Flying it. Yeah, he's flying it. Flying. Driving it. Flying, drive, flight, whatever. Like They're going car. through space. You know, he's got his crew and all the people on the ship of the fighters. Mm. And now the last thing he wants is just a whole bunch of just random people just coming onto his ship and telling him what to do. Mm. And I kind of feel like he's done it because in an organisation like that, you kind of need one person and you need a board of people, but you need one sole person driving everything. And Dana White's the head of it and he's done a terrific job. And I'm, I feel like he doesn't want to let go of that power. Uh, but the thing is, Dana only has so much power. He's employed it as the, the president of the UFC, but he could keep be kicked off whenever you like, when he, whenever they want. Endeavor has a controlling interest in the UFC. When they had fifty one percent, the con- the, uh, the major controlling interest, they instated Dana and they worked out a plan for Dana. Dana is still making a shit ton of money with the UFC, right? But now that they got a hundred percent, look, if Dana's not happy, they will they can kick him off because to be fair, you call them Captain Kirk, kind of is, but the ship is already on autopilot yeah, and you yeah. can only do so much to change gears and move a little bit right mm-hmm. they still got the gps in the same direction if if they say so so um i question if they're gonna go public because i've said it a couple times and mm-hmm. i don't know if it's viable if they do fuck yeah i'm, I'm buying uh oh, i'm buying a i'm buying some stock in the ufc because that can we'll i mean a, uh, last set podcast like company i know? mean you can't say that all, all stocks just go up but uh in the long term i feel that would be a good investment for sure yeah um, uh, certainly the forefront of the, the UFC for sure, of MMA. Um, oh yeah, Henry Cejudo. So interesting post. So Floyd, Floyd had posted that he'd, um, he'd had a chat with, uh, a, a few executives as well as Henry Cejudo had also posted a picture of him and Mayweather and he's done some tweets and things like that. And, um, it looks like he might be fighting Mayweather in the future, which is weird because Henry a couple of weeks back actually said, I'm re- I'm coming back, right? We, we predicted that he was going to come back. He wasn't going to stay retired, right? It, it didn't make any sense. But uh, we expected him to come back to the UFC. He's now saying, actually, I'm going to box. I'm going to be boxing Floyd Mayweather, whereas Floyd Mayweather already has a fight booked with Logan Paul. Is he just trying to get all these exhibition fights out there and done with? Because the funny thing is, I don't see Logan Paul beating Mayweather versus McGregor at all. Yeah. And I certainly don't see Cejudo beating um, uh, Mayweather either. I well, could. I don't even know if this Logan Paul and Mayweather fight's happening now because what's been going on is that no one's been questioning it. There's been no talks about it. None of the fighters have been coming out about it. The only thing that Logan Paul's done is that he's refused to. Uh, give thought to the idea that it was because the people don't want to watch it or that the pay-per-view buyers just weren't high enough or 
the other idea, because he said there was an, on his side, he said there was a leak inside his camp and he got pissed off because he couldn't control the narrative. And I'm like, well, what if people just don't want to see it? Because people will think the idea is a little bit silly. The other one is maybe they're holding off because the Jake Paul versus Ben Askren fight is this Sunday and they don't want to steal any hype away from it. Or the idea that Mayweather and maybe even though they agreed, well, they, even though the contract was signed, I mean, Mayweather's kind of like sliding away from it because I haven't seen any talks of press conference. There's been no back and forth on Twitter between Logan Paul and Mayweather uh, or Instagram posts. I haven't seen any footage of Mayweather training and lately. Oh, I've seen him training. Yeah, yeah. I've seen. seen him. He's done. A, he's done training. So. I, I totally get what you mean. Yeah. Um, how it gets a bit weird with the Ben Askren and Jake Paul thing. The reason why I think that is so right. So I think it wasn't trending that high. No one really gave a shit, right? What Logan Paul is doing right now is he's 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 a bit upset, but Floyd's playing it smart. He's actually pushing the fight past Jake Paul and Ben Askren. So Jake, what they're banking on is probably Jake Paul knocking Ben Askren the fuck out, right? Tons of hype, right? And then they go... Jake Paul can crack. Logan's his older brother. Now he's going to fight yeah. Floyd Mayweather. Br- brings over a lot more fans over, right? The, the the second thing I think it is, is while they're waiting for this fight to occur, I think it is going to occur. It's yeah. just going to be a shit show. Yeah. But um, <laughs> to, but when, when they're waiting for this fight to progress and Ben and Jacob bringing up this fight and, you know, building the numbers... Logan's been doing a bunch of different appearances. So he's done WWE. He did that during, yeah, uh, I think it's WrestleMania or something like good. that. Well, it was a good WrestleMania. He took a stunner from Kevin Owens. That was the number one trending thing on Twitter for a while. I don't understand WWE. I don't <laughs> get it. Um, all right. And the, and the second thing is he also went on, um, What is it? what is it called? When the it's Mars Singer. Singer. He yeah. did that as well. So he, what he's trying to do is just be out there as 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 much as possible and be like hey i also have a fight with floyd mayweather right and it just brings more people he's trying to build the fight up as much as he can um so that they can make a shit ton of money but look if they were kind of banking on jake paul knocking out ben Askren, the only thing that might be funny is if ben beats jake they've lost that Mm. logan's trying as hard as he can to build up this fight then it makes questionable whether or not it's going to occur because Henry Cejudo versus Floyd Mayweather might sell better. I don't know. Um, similar height, similar weight. Henry yeah. is probably about 135. Floyd usually sits around the 145 mark. Although when he did fight um, Mayweather, sorry, if he, when he fought McGregor, it was, I believe it was 155 yeah. or 156. So it is weird with Henry because he's uh, he is mainly a wrestler. However... Look, if there's anyone to pick up boxing very quickly, it's Henry Cejudo. Because he might be small in stature, so is Floyd. But he's a really amazing combat sports athlete. Amazing. And that guy's work ethic is insane. So I I think if if anyone is to, you know, pick up boxing and be fairly, you know, eloquent on their feet and things like that, I would say it's Henry. Because Henry has used boxing and karate stances in the past, not just, uh, you know, his flat-footed wrestling style. And he's good on the feet. He really is. I, I think someone like him, and he hangs around Mike Tyson as well. Yeah. So, he calls um, him Uncle Mike. Calls him Uncle Mike. I think a lot of people call him yeah. Uncle Mike. But um, so Hudo, you're like, look, he's 
he's someone good to to be keep an eye on if this I don't see him again, don't see him beating Floyd, but uh I'd love to see Hudo box in general. Just anyone. I'd love to see Hudo so Hudo box. Well there was talks between there was the idea that came up between that would talk him between him and um Gus um Ryan Garcia. Yeah, it didn't look like it was gonna occur. I, I, I don't think Ryan Garcia is gonna want to full uh put any effort into that considering that he's now the upcoming rising star and in the future they want him to face Javonta Javonta Davis. Yeah, yeah, yeah but Ryan has also said he wants to try MMA. Yeah. He wants to yeah, retire from at 26 and pick up MMA. I'm sorry dude. I know you got a boxing background. I know you'll be really good on your yeah. on your on your feet, right? 26 is so late to start yeah. jiu-jitsu, to start wrestling, to start yeah. Uh, clinching especially no. when you're going up against people who've been doing it since they were like four. And especially when you go up against people who have a whole it range of other uh, what's yeah. combat sports. Like, we love boxing. I think it's great. I mean, phenomenal sport. No disrespect. But it's not kicking. It's not grappling. It's not striking. It's not takedown defense. You know what I mean? It's not Boxing is so much easier on the legs. It's yeah. so much easier. Yes, the power comes from the hips. And yes, you've got to use your legs to drive um, power through from the ground. But look, it's it's so much easier on the legs. You've got kicking, you've got wrestling, you've got jiu-jitsu, you've got clinch work, which means elbows, knees, you've got calf kicks, kicks to the thigh. There's, It is so much more brutal and, and much more difficult than boxing. And uh, to pick it up at 26, look, I'm sure he's a really, obviously he's a really good combat yeah. athlete, right? But he's not a Henry Cejudo no. who can transition over with one of the best foundations, which is wrestling for MMA. Mm. Mm-hmm. Boxing, yeah, you'll be really good on your feet. You re- you will, but it will be quite easy to take him down, quite easy to submit him, and it's uh, a different kind of pressure than a lot of people are used to. Like by the time he would get a fight, he would still be a white belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Yes, a yeah. white belt should have no business being in an MMA cage. No, 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 no. Even a blue belt is a bit sketch, but unless oh. unless later in your he- if you're a heavyweight, right? Like. Yeah. Like Derek Lewis, he's a blue belt, right? But it gets funny. Yeah. It means you you can't just get your blue belt and you're gonna jump in. You'd have to, you can have your blue belt for a long period of time. Yeah. Then that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, you it takes usually about a good two years at least to get a blue belt, and then it takes another two years at least to get up there to purple. But to get to your black belt, it's like at least ten years and all that. Yeah. Blue belt to purple belt is a pretty hard transition. What's even harder is to get a brown belt as well. Yeah. Anyway, so it's at least two years in between. At least. Anyway, one. So, our Jermaine Sterling has been a topic of conversation lately. So, recently someone put out a tweet that, uh, I think it was one of the MMA news uh, news, uh, news outlets saying that our Jermaine Sterling is out for seven, eight months or something due to a neck injury. No, no, no. He's had an injury with his neck yeah. for quite a while, and then he said the the knee was the thing that was the last straw. Yeah, and essentially he's getting neck surgery. Yeah, and they're, they're calling for him to be stripped. However, he came out and stated on a pod, on, a, on a news outlet. Well, he, he he said that no, he he tweeted it. He said, "Well, Peter Yan, uh, he pulled out of the fight for no apparent reason, yeah. right? Yeah. And he had to wait." So why can't I get this, which is actually going to help me? Yeah. And, wait. and I can see his point, right? Yeah. But I don't see... He says I'll be good for like maybe September, yeah. October, maybe yeah. November. Yeah. I so don't see it happening. 
what what Aljamain Sellet said on the uh, weekly Scraps podcast was recovery is not going to be nine months. No. I don't know why people keep saying saying that. Who keeps spreading these lies? I'm not doing the fusion. Neck fusion, okay. So I'm not going out to be out for nine months. I'm probably going to be fighting around August, September, October. We'll see how well my body takes and how good of a shape I can get in. Obviously, the more time, the better I can ease my way into it. So, but the, the idea was, oh, does it's that's still quite a f- fair, fair bit of time, really. Neck it's surgery is no joke. Yeah. It's considering no joke. how severe it is, considering how pissed off Pudillon is and how stacked now the bantamweight division is, it's not. I don't want Aljamain to be stripped, and also considering the way that he won the title was through a disqualification. It's. I definitely understand the reason why people are calling for him to be stripped. However, I still do possibly believe that maybe if he keep it, they let Yarn fight someone a contender, perhaps for the interim title. Yes, I have heard uh, notes of that. So. And I do actually do agree with that situation to do interim instead of a normal uh, yeah. belt. And the reason why is, look, the the UFC typically gives you a year to, to defend your belt. Mm-hmm. If you take any longer than a year, they'll probably strip you, right? Mm-hmm. Now, there's been a lot of running champions like Stipo who takes a lot of time off, fights again, because he's fighting with some really heavy hitters, right? Bantamweight, a little bit different. But, you know... Al Jermaine probably shouldn't have been given the belt. It probably should have been a vacant belt, yeah. come back, and they can fight again, right? And they, they just do the trilogy. However, um, really, Peter Yarn should have been stripped, and it should have just been a vacant belt. Peter Yarn fights again, can re-get the belt, all right? Mm. Can be a two-time champion. But the, the, the issue with that is that didn't happen in reality. Al Jermaine's got the belt regardless. He's been taking a little bit of piss out of the fans by, you know, posing with the belt and being like, all right, fuck you. I will pose with the belt, right? Mm-hmm. And now he's taking his surgery, right? And it's also a fuck you to Petey on. He's taking his time. Yeah. Right? So, all right, it's not going to be nine months. Yeah. Right? I'm telling you right now, neck surgery is, if he gets like a proper neck fusion, it's not going to happen, right? So, it'll probably be at least close to a year. Yeah. At least t- maybe... 11 months, something yeah. like that. 11, 12 months, right? Which is a lot longer than he would hope, right? It, most likely the UFC will do right by him and let him continue. However, I do agree with the interim belt that you were talking about earlier. So I think TJ fights um, Corey. Mm-hmm. The winner of that fights Petey Yarn for the interim belt. Yeah. And I, th- I think that works really well. Um, <coughs> Corey. Uh, he, he's been deserving this for a while. TJ, he certainly, after his stint with um, EPO, he needs to prove that I can do this clean. I can do this clean and not be given a title shot right away. Plus, he's a big pay-per-view buy. Big uh, pay-per-view buy. Considering the amount of controversy that's coming around TJ Dillonshaw right now, he's coming back, but they've thrown him a killer. That is Corey Sanhagen, who's got some phenomenal knockouts. On his highlight reel, yep. um, spinning back, spinning hook kick to Marlon Spinning hook kick to And yeah. the uh, flying knee to uh, Frankie, Frankie Edgar. Yeah. Just thinking about it. Uh, so, <laughs> TJ Dillashaw's ready. Um, and perhaps, you know, uh, but I've, I I understand Peter Allen's frustration, you know? Yeah, I understand the situation. I think the, the main issue is the argument whether it should be for the vacant 
belt that's stripped from Aljamain or should it be an interim? But someone should be getting a belt and I think it should be an interim belt. Then it builds up the fight even more. Peter Yan, if he wins, he's like, he gets the interim, he goes on the mic, he says, all right, I've, I've stayed active, which is good for Peter. He goes, or Piotr, whatever it is. Um, he Pure. said, Pure. Pure, um, he says, he gets on the mic, he cuts a promo, he says, look, Aljo, get back in here. You've fixed your neck. Let's go fight. Fight for the belt. That that would be good. Otherwise, you've got TJ or um, Corey beating each other, then fighting PDR. Gets the interim belt, right? And then they can build on to that again, right? So, yeah, I, I really want to see... I really want to see that matchup for sure. And it's just an issue with Aljo's neck. Uh, I don't think he's been doing it the best way. I think he's been... He's been not really acting that right. Yeah. He's been acting a bit strange towards everyone with the belt and how he's been doing it, posing with the belt, and he knows what he's doing, right? He's doing it to piss people off. And I think he's trying to do a similar th thing to Henry Cejudo's, which a little of a bit of cringe. Yeah. And that's what he's trying to do to build up a bit of a name. Um, to be honest, it's I don't think it's an Aldo's character to do that, and I don't think it works. So... Well, the the it doesn't you know, it doesn't work and it's definitely got people talking about it and considering he's not working too hard to clear his name and fight Pewter again but the idea now is that it was caused by the he says the knee to the head was what was the illegal straw however if this was in one championship I just learned on the weekend uh Turns out you can knee it down to uh, only when the well only when their fights are in like Singapore and outside of America. Yeah, then they can write their own regulations and rules, which means you can knee it down the opponent. Which is what happened on the weekend to Demetrius, right? But I do want to talk about Eddie Alvarez. It's funny how they'll, they'll allow illegal knees. Yeah, but they'll be so critical, way more critical than the UFC uh, about um, shots to the back of the head. I think now, they set him up. I really feel like they set him up with that because. What they were saying was in the news commentary is you cannot, it's n what happens is if you punch someone and the strike's coming down and then they turn their head away, so it's the back of their head, then it's a warning mm -hmm. or a point uh, and then they do it again, that's a point, not a disqualification. And I felt like because it was Eddie Alvarez and he was, I watched that fight, Eddie Alvarez was doing phenomenally well. Yeah, he was smashing him. He was smashing him. Absolutely smashing him. And I felt like they just took that away from him because the idea of one championship, maybe they just wanted their own fighters to be like, fuck you, UFC, we're better than you. And that was a way they tried to do it. Look, I don't think they... I mean, I can totally see a reasoning with that, how that's exactly what one does. It gives you the hardest matchup as hard as you can and tries to be... They did the same thing with DJ, right? DJ wins the belt. Probably not what they expected, but it also builds up their brand up a little bit more regardless, right? Mm -hmm. With Eddie Alvarez, there was probably two illegal strikes. Illegal, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it was anything behind the ear is considered the back of the head. Yeah, I don't think that's correct, right? That, that's still the side of the head. Yeah. Um, if it's behind the ear and up, nice and up, it's still the side of the head. You can you're still hitting the temporal lobe. You're not hitting the the. All right. So the problem with illegal strikes is hitting to the back of the head. You have your occipital load here. Mm -hmm. As soon as you hit the back of the head. Right, occipital lobe is what uh, is connected to your optic nerve, yeah. and it essentially you're conscious, or conscious, but 
you've lost sight, right? They mm-hmm. hit you in the back of the head. You can't see anything. And then once you can't hit anything, see anything you hit the ground and that's the thing that knocks you out right it's that's what's hitting making your brain shake it's the same thing why we talk about uh king hits and and or, or well they should be probably called coward punches right hitting someone in the back of the head you've turned someone's lights out you've hit them in their occipital lobe they're not getting information through their optic nerve mm-hmm. boom hit the ground they've now smacked their head off the ca- off the canvas of the pavement right i understand why illegal strikes are bad yeah. right still hitting the hit of the side hitting the side right now, one of those shots probably did hit the back of the head, right? But the ref didn't, he was not loud enough and did not tell Eddie, look, you're hitting the back of the head, stop. He didn't stop them and stand them back up yeah. or move away. He let them hit twice without Eddie actually knowing because his head was to the side and Lapakus's head had his ear tucked in because he knew what he was doing. Yeah. Ear tucked in, head towards the cage. So he can't hit me on this side unless he hits me with an illegal shot, which is what he did. Lapicus heads back and he goes, ah, oh, oh. Yeah. Right? I thought that was that was put on. Everyone yeah. talks about Aljo being an actor. That was put on. Lapicus yeah. for sure was going, ah, ah. They brought out a stretcher for him. Yeah. DJ got hit with a knee to yeah. the head from the ground. Didn't get him a, stre- uh, uh, a stretcher. That's bullshit. It is, is a bit bullshit. I really feel for Eddie because the thing is, if he won a UFC yeah. lightweight belt, Bellator uh, lightweight belt, and then he... Got the uh, the one championship um, lightweight belt, which is technical one seventy belt, but um, a one fifty five belt in other categories, right? He would be one of the best lightweights ever, right? Regardless, if you talk about his performances in different promotions, if you received a belt, right, in in all these promotions, you've got to be up there. You've got to be up there as the, some of the top five. Uh, lightweight fighters ever it sucks that it was kind of pulled from you could see like the behind the scenes he's upset mm-hmm. and he's actually a nice guy when you think about it. now yeah. a lot of people he made a lot of people hate him because of the um because of how the conor mcgregor thing yeah. went right but he's actually a nice guy he's actually and he yeah. was devastated after the fight as well there's saw footage of him like crying and some medic or something was just comforting him and yeah that was a bit weird he was, he, he was pissed off look if, yeah. okay look i know it's another organization i know it's their rules but i wouldn't disqualify him as, and he loses the match I, i'll give him a warning mm. or maybe deduct a point mm-hmm. that's that sounds completely fair and yeah but i felt like they just targeted eddie because we've mm. seen much much uh worse fouls go down and they get away with it but exactly it, it kind of felt like a Silly foul, but it very weird. But the thing with DJ was got hit with a uh, hit with a knee. Now it would have been illegal if it was in the UFC, right? Yeah. Grounded opponent in the one championship, they don't care. Smacked him with a knee. And prior to this, Demi- uh, Demetrius Johnson actually said, um, "I like the rules. You should still knee a down opponent after the fight." Said the exact same thing. Yeah, and the, him. and and him losing to um, I think it was Marais. Um, him losing yeah, to Moraes. Yeah. Adriano Moraes. Yeah. For him to lose to Moraes, look, no, nothing is taken away from his performances, right? He's still the GOAT flyweight mm-hmm. and that, that will never go away. I think he... And um, that's how you carry yourself like a champion. Didn't make any excuses. Says, actually, I still like it. And he got up, walked about, had an interview. Didn't get taken off by a stretcher. Ooh. Look. Especially when he got need. Okay, um, I think like um, I saw that meme 
When it goes, oh, it's the photos of um, Demetrius Johnson gets knees, goes and does an interview, still stays by the rules. And then it's like that, you know, that um, that Muppet thing doing that. I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> it's captioned out. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. But anyway, <laughs> anyway. So let's talk about this past Sunday's fights. Um, the main headline, Marvin Vittori versus Kevin Holland. Mm. Okay, Kevin Holland, you got better. I still felt like it was too soon. You did. I definitely uh, noticed two things about Kevin. He improved his takedown defense, but it just wasn't enough to get the win. You stopped talking shit. Maybe he talked a little bit of shit. He, t- he, he talked a little bit of shit in there. Sure shit. And Vittori was saying stuff back to him. I remember in the first round, he kicked <laughs> him in the balls. Just instead <laughs> yeah, of te- instead of teeping to his leg, right? Um, I think he was trying to teep the knee. So he was trying to hyperextend it and butcher his knee. Hit him in the balls and Vittori was going, you fucking... Yeah, he had a and fucking he, go at him, and and he was he was going nuts, right? And he kind of did sound like the orc that everyone makes him out. <laughs> kind of did sound like that, right? Then Herb Dean's just like, "Hey, man, get your weapons in check." Yeah, he so said, get, get, he that. said, "Get your weapons in check," and I was like, the "Fuck!" <laughs> you just kicked him in the balls. Just say, "Don't kick him in the balls, mate." Continue. <laughs> yeah, get your weapons in check. Yeah, Mister, you need to practice your fifty meter sprints. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, oh, okay, okay. I, I thought it was weird that Vittori actually said after beating Kevin Holland, which was a late replacement, right, for Darren Till, he said, I deserve the title shot, right? His last fight was a split decision um, loss to Adesanya, right? He's on a five-fight win streak. He's beat Kevin Holland, who was, I think, number 10 in the rankings, which means he has fought uh, a top 10 fighter, right? And he's beat Jack Hermanson. Sorry, was it Jack Hermanson? Yeah, Jack Hermanson. Um, look, I, it doesn't, it doesn't sit with me well to have him have a shot over Robert Whittaker. Robert Whittaker is already before fighting, um, Kelvin Gaston or Paulo Costa, how it was supposed to be beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, he should have been given the title, uh, the, the title shot, right? His only loss at middleweight has been him losing his title to Israel Adesanya. And yes, it was by knockout. But it was a considerable amount of time ago and he's had a lot of fights since. And I really think that he's bounced that back really well. He's beat Till, who Israel Adesanya was already interested in. Yeah. He already beat Till. Um, and now he's looking to he was looking to fight Paolo Costa. That didn't happen. Now he's fighting to uh Kevin Gaston, who Kevin Gaston arguably, other than Jan Blakowicz, gave Adesanya his toughest fight, right? So if Robert Whitaker does go through Kelvin Gastelum, he has to be given the title shot. There's, it's just, I get it that Rob doesn't really, he's like, yeah, if I get the title shot, great. If I don't, I don't. That's yeah. because he's so chilled and so laid back. He doesn't get anxious over these things, but mm-hmm. he should be given it. He deserves it. Yeah. Well, because what's going on right now is Marvin Vittori's fifth in the rankings. Yeah. Yeah. You got Jared Cannonier. Paulo Costa and Robert Whitaker in between standing your way to Israel Adesanya. So I don't feel like he should jump the gun from fifth versus one. I feel like maybe if he took out, well, because Robert Whitaker is the most talked about guy, I would say the most talked about fighter for a rematch. If you say he deserves a rematch with for uh, Israel Adesanya, 100%. 100%. You talked about it for a while. Yeah. And he was supposed to fight Costa. He's supposed to fight Costa. He was supposed to now it's Kevin Gaston for yeah, this yeah. for this weekend. For this weekend. So 
yeah, then let it come out. But however, if if Israel Adesanya says, Marvin mm, Vittori, I beat both you and Robert Whitaker. So why don't Robert Whitaker fight Marvin then? Because that could be true. A, that true. Could be a, that could be a good argument. I, I just feel that Whitaker has already. He's already, he, he's already proved himself, whereas yeah. Vittori needs to prove himself further. I think Vittori versus um, versus Costa. Yeah, I think Vittori versus Costa would be really good. Um, I could definitely see that happening. It's just look, Vittori is he's an angry guy, right? Yeah. And I could see him having fireworks of a press conference with Israel Desanya, right? And I know that'll be really good to sell tickets, especially being. Uh, you know, the the f- wanting to be the first Italian champion will bring a lot of Italian fans, right? Mm-hmm. The the issue I see is, you know, he he needs to be more active, all right. And there's nothing wrong with being more active because he's only 27. Mm-hmm. He's only 27, and he's close to a title shot to fight Adesanya for the second time. Look, you you've got all the time in the world to keep improving, keep improving. You're 27. You all you're gonna do is just get better. Okay, so take your time. Have one more probably against someone in the top five, which has to be probably Costa at the moment. And then you can have your title shot against Adesanya. Yeah. And I'd be interested to see that fight because he's a very good wrestler mm-hmm. and he's, uh, he's a large middleweight. And I think he could definitely be a better size for Adesanya, but he needs to wait. Rob has earned his chance. And if he beats um, Gastelum, he's, he's earned it. I think there's no denying it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to just do the quick prediction. Um, with this coming weekend, we've got Gastelum versus Whitaker. Okay. Do you think Whitaker can beat Gastelum? Yes. 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 I just feel Gastelum is tricky. Tr- Whoa. One thing I know for sure is that Robert Whitaker has worked phenomenally on improving his ground game. That's the thing I wanted to tell you. So Was it Tom Barnes that he was... Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, I'm not sure uh, it's okay to say names, but... Oh. Uh, we Oopsie. Just, we just did. Sorry. But wh- what he just told me that he worked with... Um, he's been working with Robert, and he said he's on a whole new level. He's on some, like... Well, tell, tell everyone who Tom Barnes is, if we've already said it. Who is Tom Barnes? Oh, okay. So Tom Barnes is a buddy of mine who I knew back in high school mm-hmm. and he's on his way to the Olympics mm-hmm. for wrestling in his category. He, unfortunately, he didn't qualify, uh, but he's young. He's younger than us. He's only 21, 20, yeah. 20, 21. Easily can make the Olympics later on. Just needs to keep. Yeah. At it. So obviously very talented. Yeah. He went to the youth Olympics. So yeah. And now he's training with Robert Whitaker yeah. Um, yeah. and building up his, his, you know, wrestling his wrestling. wrestling camp. And he said, it's just, it's getting better. It's getting better. So that's and so I know that if there's one thing we know for sure is Robert Whitaker's wrestling games improved, especially Calvin Gaslong, who's a very high level wrestler who works with Henry Cejudo. <laughs> so he believes he's going to try and uh, wrestle around with him. But we know how good Robert Whitaker's striking game is. You know, good it, it steps into the cage of Robert Robert Whitaker gets hurt. Yeah, he's very smart. Um, lo- loves to use those um, side kicks or oblique kicks or teeps to break someone's knee down. Mm-hmm. Did it to Darren Till. Then Till needed to get in his knee fixed. Uh, unfortunately about his collarbone as well, but he also needs to get that fixed as well. But with Whitaker, he's very good at rushing. He's ve- he's well-rounded. He's yeah. just well-rounded. Um, believe he comes from Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. Um, 
great on the ground. He's has the ability to wrestle and take people down. Great striking, crisp boxing. Um, doesn't does as well. Black yeah. karate doesn't usually use traditional kicks other than just the roundhouse, mm-hmm. maybe a, a a skip side kick or something like that. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it's fairly. He, he just that roundhouse that he has just comes very quickly after mm-hmm. his combos. As soon as he's done, boom, and he always turns off the line. Boom, hits him in the head. So, look. He's very good, and I know Kelvin is very good. He's bounced off. He's bounced back from his fight against Ian Heinish. He's already got the last minute call once mm-hmm. Paolo Costa got um, pulled out because he was sick. Um, look, Kelvin's dangerous. Yeah, always dangerous, and his wrestling's very good. His jiu-jitsu is very good, and there's always that left hook that's the equalizer, right? And he's got power. And when he moved up to middleweight, he was a, a huge game changer. Similar to gas, uh, similar to Whitaker when he was in welterweight, he was good, but he wasn't in the in the the elite of the elite. When they moved to middleweight, they were the elite of the middleweights, and they were at a more natural weight, and they just performed way better. So, my official prediction is Whitaker. If it is a f- it's a five rounder, I believe. So, I don't know who I take in that. To be honest. Mm-hmm. If it is a five rounder, um, I take Whitaker. Yeah, I take Whitaker, but I just don't know how. Yeah, because I know Kelvin's very durable, but I wouldn't be surprised if just Gast uh, if if Gastelum got out wrestled and outworked by by Whitaker. Mm-hmm. I think Whitaker is just so well rounded, and the holes in his game are just so tight. I yeah. think I think he's very good. I think he's very good and. The only way Whitaker gets beat is when he's beat by a very, very good specialist, yeah. which is what Adesanya was. Gastelum, well-rounded, but he's not a pure specialist in, in, in anything that could outweigh his chances of, of being beaten by Whitaker. So I think Whitaker by decision. Whitaker by decision. Whitaker by decision. Okay. Um, all right, last one, just because we're pushed on time. So we got Jake Paul versus Ben Askren this weekend. Uh, it'll be on Sunday for us in in Australia, in on Saturday for everyone in America. Um, look, look, it's 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 probably not the most exciting fight nah, to be honest. It's it's weird. I, mean, I don't know if people just uh, if you're someone who is a massive fan of the sport of boxing and you don't give a fuck about Jake Paul or Ben Askren, it's not that exciting. No. But if you're someone our age and you know, personally, someone who follows Jake Paul and the Paul Rovers and knows all about their past. And and especially if you're a UFC fan as well, such as we are, or a fight fan, MMA, MMA, fan, fan, in general, in general, MMA yeah. fan in general, you know, then, yeah, you would have a lot of interest in the fight because they believe that everyone's, all the fight UFC fighters and a lot of Bellator fighters and a lot of one championship fighters are saying, oh, Ben Askren is representing MMA and that it is, the most dominant sport because off the top of my head, there has been a lot of transition from other fighters to MMA and people outside of the organization. But other than McGregor, I can't think of any MMA fighters that have transitioned to boxing. It's usually the other way around. Yeah, it's like usually the other way around. So that's why they're saying that rep- Bernard Green's representing um, boxing. Yeah, and... You know? uh, 
Ben Askins representing MMA. MMA. Um, and yeah. 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 And uh, Jake Paul represents all the 12 year olds on the internet. Yes. Um, <laughs> the, I mean, the, I think they're definitely. Look, they're definitely swaying it in Jake Paul's favor. And I'll say that because Ben typically would need a 12 round fight, right? Jake is essentially getting a shorter period of time to actually um, to train. Well, he has to train for a short amount uh, amount of rounds for a shorter period of time. Now, I don't know if they're two-minute rounds. They are most likely three rounds because they're not in the Legends League. So let's say it's going to be three-minute rounds, eight rounds in total, right? Mm-hmm. It certainly sways it in Jake's favor because he's younger, more athletic, more energy, and he's not like Ben Askren who has such slow twitch muscle fibers and just breaks you down over time. Dude, dude, I just checked up the odds on sports bet. Jake's probably the favorite. He is 163 to Ben Askren's 218. Really? Yeah. Look, I I I understand that, right? I do understand. Um look, Ben's not knocking out anyone. Let's no, be Ben's real. Not, that's correct. But neither is Jake. Jake is not knocking out Ben. I'll tell you right now. I yeah. uh, I that's a firm prediction right there. That's one of the predictions that we could probably make is, look, I we don't know if Jake has that good striking ability because he's, you know, he got, took a bit of damage against Gibb. Uh, you could see he got a pretty bloody nose, although that's pretty normal for boxing. Mm. Um, and the fight with Nate Robinson didn't last very long, knocked him out. Robinson looked like he'd never sparred, never took a punch in his life. And he got knocked out unconscious very quickly in the in I think it was the first or the second round. So, look, Ben is going to have to just make this a dog fight. Mm-hmm. And I, what I, I thought about this earlier, I thought it would be really funny. Joe, do, do you reckon it would be funny if he just fakes a double and just comes up on top? <laughs> he never actually did the double, right? He never took him down, but he faked the double. He faked. And the it, double. or imagine if he just just just. <laughs> just, ne- just neck grip that leg. Yeah, just even just just look just. It's weird because Ben Askren stayed on Logan Paul's podcast. Oh, I'm not really that good at boxing, but neither is Jake. Jake, no. and, but yeah, I was just like that was a weird conversation. He just said he was quite honest. So he says, truth be told, I'm not really that good at boxing. I'm very slow twitch muscle fiber. I'm not a fast twitch muscle fiber type of guy. But the thing is, I've seen Jake's boxing and he's not that good. And I just feel like I'm better than him. That's that's what he was saying. Yeah, then, I think neither neither gentlemen have good boxing, yeah. right? Um, I would just say Jake can pick up things a lot quicker because he's younger. He's yeah. still an athletic guy. Um, ben, his best days are, are behind him. Yeah. Uh, he fixes his dodgy hip, which is good. You might see he's a little bit more active, move around a little bit more freely. He still looks very stiff, and his head movement is is very. Uh, Have you seen that Rocky video? Yes, yeah, that that's so funny. But um, look, I I want to predict that Ben beats him by decision, right? Um, it could be close, just because of the eight rounds. If it was a twelve round fight, I would see Ben winning by a, a landslide, right? Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think Ben beats him by by a smidge in in the decision. You know what I'm um, gonna say? I'm gonna say Ben beats him by knockout in one of the last couple of rounds. You reckon? I reckon knocks him out. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I you know what? I think d- that's do, just my gut feeling. Look, the w- I could you know what? It's not the worst prediction, right? Like, I'll, 
like because the thing is, Jake has publicly said, "Look, I hardly even take a hit during sparring." I'm like, "Yeah, you're no. working with the wrong sparring partners." Yeah. Then, uh, if you, that's not a good thing to uh, remember. I d- he was like, "I don't even get hit in my boxing fights." Right? Look, getting hit in sparring is different, but then getting hit in an actual fight is is different as well. Look, mm. if he gets hit by Ben, and I know Ben's got pillow hands, right? But pillow fists. Um, but if he gets hit by Ben, mm. right? And he's not ready for it, and he has never been through that before. It'll be a bit of a shock for him, especially mm-hmm. when there's all. Look, there's a lot of pressure on Ben, right? Ben's kind of like nonchalant about it. He's like, yeah. "Yeah, the pressure's not on me. If I lose, I lose. If I win, yeah. I win." He said, I, "I have lose, no pressure." But yeah, he said, "What's going to happen? I'm going to go back to teaching him my wrestling academy. Some 13 year olds just take the piss out of me." And he also says, "Look, I'm not. Uh, I MMA is not on my shoulders, yeah. right? It's really not. And but everything is on Jake's. Jake's. Yeah. Jake takes it so personal." Um, yeah, I and look, t- I felt that in the press conference. He takes it so incredibly personal. He's very emotional. Yeah, I could see most likely those first one to three rounds, maybe one to four, adrenaline dump. Yeah, Ooh. absolutely tries to beat the shit out of Ben as quickly as possible. Ben weathers the storm, has a massive adrenaline dump, and those arms are like jelly. And yeah. I think he won't be conditioned enough. Doesn't he won't have the conditioning that Ben can have? Look, Ben hasn't had that much time to get ready again because apparently he was out of shape. He just needed something to work out and yeah. you know have a goal. Had fixed his dodgy hip, so maybe post surgery he's a little bit better in terms of mobility. But I think I think Ben will beat him by decision, right? Maybe in those later rounds he could knock out Jake just purely by TKO and just pummels and pummels him. Jake can't do anything and the ref calls it off. But uh, I don't know. Just because Ben's power is non-existent. Yeah. But we will have to see. Right. But I think uh, I think Ben beats him. Yeah. I think Ben beats him. And I actually hope Ben beats him because I don't like Jake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's a bit of a poo. Uh, so Anyway. We'll all right. see you on Sunday when we watch the fights. Yes. And then we'll give you guys the update. Anyway, so that's all for today, guys. Thanks for checking in. Uh, and thanks for being patient after the week after a week off. Whole bunch of stuff coming in. And guys, stay tuned. Still updating on Instagram. And we have a whole bunch of interviews coming soon. And yeah, anything else you want to finish up on? Jake? I think that's everything. Yeah. Um, just make sure you go over to our Instagram page. That's our main social network. Um, I think we're close to 1.1k and make sure you're getting your daily updates from us what what fights have been confirmed what cancelled uh anything to do with fights or even just some things that we're interested in like any of the marvels or any, any other tv show you should definitely check out instagram it's uh we make some very good content and it comes out daily so make sure you uh support the podcast and just look us up at the last set podcast um and follow us Thank you very much, guys. Appreciate it very much. Bye, guys. Take care. Bye. All the best.